you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Joel Lulovich here. And Lucy Dickens, you're listening to the Juggle Podcast. A few weeks back in episode 82, we had a special episode for Women's Health Week where we spoke to three guests. One of those guests was Taryn Watson, who is the owner of FitRight Physio and a specialist practitioner in women's health. So today we wanted to share with you the whole entirety of that interview with Taryn. It's a little bit different because it's actually only me, Joe, interviewing Taryn because Lucy was unavailable. I can't actually remember why, but... It's just the way it worked out, which was incredibly weird for me because I'm not used to interviewing alone. But fortunately, I know Taryn from way back because she was the physio that I used after I had my first child. You're underselling yourself, Joe. You're an expert interviewer. You've been doing it long <laughs> enough. That's why I had no problems. Go ahead, do this. You've got it. <laughs> oh, lucky I've got you to give me a boost. <laughs> anyway, back to Taryn. So we're going to share with you the interview that I recorded with Taryn. Now, Taryn is the owner of FitRight physio, as Lucy said, and she created that about five years ago because she was quite distressed by the lack of healthy exercise options that people were able to refer pregnant and postnatal women to. So her business has a specialist focus on Pilates, and it also offers a variety of classes to suit women, mums and bubs classes, where you have special baby cuddlers on hand to hold your baby so you can actually do the exercise. So good. And then there's also evening classes if you feel like you can get away without all of your children. And she's also created an online membership so you can do it from home. Taryn is a mum of one and she has another on the way, which is very imminent actually. So you never know, there could be some news around the same time. Enjoy the interview. Thank you again and welcome. Thank you. The first thing I want to do is ask you to give me a little bit of a lowdown on who you are and what you're doing now. Okay. (laughs) So I'm Taryn. I'm a mum of a nearly three-year-old and about five years ago, so about two years before Benji was born, Mm -hmm. I started a business of my own. Before that, I'd always worked in women's health physiotherapy. I did my master's in that area really early on in my career and always worked as a Pilates instructor and just got so disheartened by the lack of appropriate exercise options that I could refer my patients into for pregnancy and postnatal, but also for women in general who have pelvic floor dysfunction, which is, you know, about 50% of us. Yeah. <laughs> very many relevant exercise options. So yeah, I started FitRight to train other physios to be able to take group exercise classes for pregnancy, postnatal and mid-age, so perimenopausal type age. And that's what takes up a huge amount of my time at the moment. (laughs) Well, between that and a three-year-old, I'm sure you have nothing left. Yeah, I don't have a lot left, no. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe for some (laughs) self-care. With FitRight, are you just doing the group classes or are you also doing one-to-one consultations as well? I do one-on-one consultations, but not for FitRight. Right. It's a prerequisite for everybody to have done one-on-one assessment with a physio before they start doing the classes. That's one of the things that really differs with FitRight from most other exercise classes is that the instructor in that class knows exactly what everybody's medical history is and pelvic floor history and everything. And we can be sure that when we're saying contract your pelvic floor and draw in your lower tummy and doing core exercises that everyone's doing it right, which is quite unusual. 
<laughs> yeah, the Pilates classes that I've been to in the past were just, you know, you would just sort of say to the instructor when you walked in the door, this is my situation, if you wanted to say anything at all. Yeah, that is a big part of FitRide as well is training and training for other physios and training for other fitness professionals because there is a a real lack of training when it comes to not just Pilates instructors but gym instructors in general, CrossFit instructors, F45 instructors about what is the pelvic floor and if somebody had did happen to report pelvic floor dysfunction, what do you do about it? Mm. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that that sort of stuff. So I'm trying to fill that gap as well and sort of link women's health physios with fitness professionals and run little workshops. And then I get treat one day a week out of self-care physiotherapy, seeing patients myself as well. So that's hard to fit into the mix, but I made sure I did because I didn't want to lose that aspect of, of my job too. Yeah. And that's so important, that idea of the other fitness professionals having this training, because there's a real concern, isn't there, about people going out and believing that they're doing the right things when it comes to exercise for their body and then actually finding that what they're doing is creating further damage. Is that right? That's right. It's really unfortunate. But that's what I did my master's research project on about six years ago, which was kind of the thing that started FitRight was that my year-long research project, which um, interviewed almost 400 women, surveyed them. It asked about leaking with exertion, leaking urine with exertion as one of the questions. Mm. And it was 49.8% of people replied saying yes, anonymous survey. And you can't really 100% take anything from that extrapolating to the whole population of women who go to gyms. Mm. But from other other surveys Mm. that have been done on similar groups but women who don't necessarily go to the gym, just women across the board, it's more like 30%. Mm. So to be closer to 50% in a group of women who are trying very hard to do the right thing, but possibly unmasking symptoms that because of high impact or high load exercise. And do you find that too? I don't know if it's just me um, getting and what I see in my job, but our generation of women seems to be doing much higher load and higher impact exercise or have access to those sort of exercise options than previous generations, I think. I think you're right. I think that back in the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s, aerobics was such a big thing. And it was all about those aerobic classes and then step classes or whatever it was. I you know, remember watching my mum doing the early morning aerobics classes on TV. Aerobics on style. (laughs) Exactly. And those gorgeous leotards. But, you know, now it's definitely about, okay, let's get muscly and let's get strong and let's really do the CrossFit and the F45. It's so wonderful for so many things. You know, for women who do that, their bone health is going to be probably so wonderful going forward and osteoporosis probably won't be a problem like it was. (laughs) And heart health is probably wonderful as well. Pelvic floor isn't really looked at as part of so interesting what's happening with that yeah I know so we're creating women with potentially stronger muscles everywhere else and stronger bones than before and potentially stronger hearts which is wonderful and we don't want to turn Mm. people off doing that sort of exercise but there needs to be more of a focus on is your pelvic floor matching the pressures that you're handing it yeah (laughs) you're putting down on it And is there any other concerns around having a weak pelvic floor? Like how else does it impact on you? Aside from the fact that it's not nice to have to worry about leakage and things like that, how else is it impacting on us and our abilities to go about our day-to-day lives? The main four things that I guess can happen with um, pelvic floor muscle dysfunction would be incontinence is one, um, incontinence of bladder and bowel. 
which you mentioned, but prolapse is the other big one. So one or more of the pelvic organs not being supported, and that can massively affect quality of life in some women. It can be one of the aspects leading to having musculoskeletal pain in that area. Issues with hips, pelvis, lower back, the pelvic floor can play a big role in that. Mm -hmm. And then sexual function as well. So if the pelvic floor is too tight or too lax, you can have issues with either pain or lack of sensation and lack of enjoyment during sex. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a pretty multifaceted muscle. Okay. And now we talked earlier about self-care, you know, we, we brought that up. So it's something that we know that women generally, particularly mums, aren't always that great at doing. But the first thing I would like to know is how do you think about self-care? How do you consider it, define it? Yeah. I've been watching that Marie Kondo show recently about organizing your life. And she talks about sparking joy and finding things possessions wise. She's talking about that spark joy. But I think that's probably what That rang a bell when I was thinking about self-care because I think there are certain things in my life that whenever I do them, I feel like a slight sense of indulgence or a slight sense of, oh, this is just for me, (laughs) that create joy. And making sure that I include those things in my life is probably what I would see as self-care. Putting yourself first is so important, at least for some of the time. Yes, it can't happen anywhere near as much as it used to. And that's just the reality of life with running a business and having a toddler. Yes. I can't practice self-care as much as I could before, but it's just making sure that it doesn't get forgotten about completely. This episode is brought to you by us. As well as coming to you in the podcast each week, we love making live appearances. If your organisation would benefit from hearing our tips for managing the juggle or how to implement flexible work, then get in touch with us at hello at thejuggle.com.au. Find out more at thejuggle.com.au forward slash speak. All right, so what are your three big tips for self-care then? The first one is probably something I've also realised recently was that when Benji was born, I stopped prioritising like beauty appointments and hairdresser appointments and stuff like that. And I would every now and then go to an appointment to get my nails done or something. And they'd say, do you want to book another appointment? And I'd say, oh, no, I'll call when I can. When I'm free, yes. And it never happened. You know, it went six months and I'd just feel ick (laughs) about the fact that I hadn't made time for it. And, yeah, recently I have started saying yes and prioritising like six-weekly or eight-weekly doing each of those appointments, the beautician, the nails, the hair, you know, that's definitely making me feel better. I think another thing is about screen time and that's something I'm not very good at minimising, but another tip for self-care would probably be trying to limit screen time more than I do um, Mm. and trying to limit that around sleep in the evening. I know there's a lot of research about blue light from screens close to sleep time and how it can drastically affect the quality of sleep and things and also I've read some research about screen time first thing in the morning and like getting on to checking emails and social media being the first thing that you do in the morning I'm I'm guilty of that too (laughs) I'm so guilty of all of that (laughs) but I'm very aware that that's something that I am trying not to do so much because I think the last thing at night and the first thing in the morning Mm. should probably be non-work related, non-reactive sort of stuff like that that makes you, you know, make lists in your head all night long. (laughs) Yes. So I'm trying to have like magazines and things like that that are more the before bed routine. And the third one would be about 
exercise and how to fit it in around your busy life because I mean there's so much research as well about exercise and well-being physical and emotional well-being and I think my tip there with exercise would probably be the ability to adapt as your children go through different phases with whether you do that exercise, you prioritise that when they're awake or they're asleep or when they're at kindy or, or with you. And I think that wherever possible, if you can fit exercise in when they're awake, mm. then you don't feel like that's that chore that you have to do when you get that alone time. Yes. Which sometimes is what I was feeling like. And a friend of mine said, don't exercise when they're asleep, exercise when they're awake. <laughs> and I try as much as I can to, you know, set up, even if it's five minutes at a time, do some exercise at the park or put a TheraBand out the back around a pole and while Benji's painting or doing Play-Doh or something, do that because otherwise it gets forgotten about. Yeah. And there are lots of different ways. I mean, you just said a couple, but some of the others that spring to mind, just sticking the baby in the pram and going for a walk, if that's where you're at. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean about adapting because when Benji was under 18 months old, maybe even under two, but definitely in that first year of his life, every morning I'd get him in the pram and go for a walk and it would make me feel so much better. But he would fall asleep within five or 10 minutes of, usually five or 10 minutes of screaming. And it was my own time then. Mm. Whereas now, if I try and put him in the pram and go for a walk, <laughs> it's 20 minutes of whinging and it's not enjoyable and I don't count that as self-care. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to keep adapting with my exercise and how it um, how it fits in around Benji. <laughs> mm, I just started, I know Lucy says that she used to run, whereas now it's walking because she'll put the kids in the pram and she'll go for a walk with them. And I think they sit in there a little bit easier than perhaps Benji does. But with my daughter, she's almost 10 and I've gone in and out of running phases and I usually sign myself up for a 10K or something like that just to commit to doing something and she started doing it with me so we signed up earlier this year to a 5k and we did some training and then ran the 5k together which was really nice that's so lovely also so much about encouraging the next generation to exercise as part of their normal day yeah that's something I I didn't say before but I, I meant to was that opportunity for Benji to see me for five minutes at a time prioritizing moving rather than sitting and watching him I can't help but think, and there is research to show this as well, that toddlers and young children who watch their mothers, their parents exercise, are less likely to have obesity Mm. and other issues in later life. They're probably more, even at that early age, I think that it's being instilled in them that that's a normal part of daily life. Yes. And um, when we started our toddler and me classes, which are for the fit right classes for six months to, you know, four or five years. Oh, really? You let people take their kids? Yeah, they bring their kids and we have community volunteers who are in the same room, so it's not like a crash situation. So they sort of sometimes come over to the, the mats and join in, but <laughs> even if they don't, even if they're over in the corner playing with the volunteers, they're seeing an hour of their mums exercising, yeah. you know, and I just love that. I think that so many of the mums tell me that then at home their kids are asking to do Pilates with them. Oh, and that's like, great. How great is that? Yeah, that's really good. And that's how we can fit Pilates into our life because I was wondering about that, you know, we've, we, we can do a few things at home perhaps, but I think there is this sensation that we need to get out and go somewhere, we need to go to the gym or we need to go wherever. But then it's like, well, what do you do? Then you have to get ready. Then you have to put your kids somewhere. How do you make it kind of work? Yes, that's something that I've had to think about with Fit Right. 
and with my career in general is that there's me as a women's health physio promoting pelvic floor exercise and promoting 150 minutes of exercise per week for everybody but to be in line with the World Health Organization guidelines and all that but if you don't give women give mums multiple different ways of doing that to be able to adapt with where their kids are and everything, then it's very unlikely to happen. So the way that I have done that with FitRight is that we've got exercise classes where you can bring your kids along, baby and me and toddler and me, with community volunteers. We've got evening mum time classes, which are usually after 7.15 or 7.30 p.m., where you can come hopefully after the kids are in bed. Or we've got online resources as well and um, that's something I've only started in the last four or five months but every week I'm um, doing a 20 to 30 minute workout and posting it onto the membership group so that people who aren't in a phase where they can come to those classes financially or time-wise or whatever they've still got that good quality exercise option to do at home so I'm hoping that between the three of those things it suits most people and that everybody can have this sort of wider spread access to good quality pelvic floor friendly exercise and not have to settle for just whatever is on at the right time at the gym or whatever do something that in their week that really is targeted at their pelvic floor health Mm. so the fundamental problem that I think often comes up with self-care is people not valuing it yeah what are the excuses that you typically hear about why people aren't putting self-care at the top of their list Oh, yeah, it's completely understandable, isn't it? And I can feel myself doing it too. It's like there's so much going on in our lives. There's kids, there's work. For those of us that own a business, work never really stops. That's right. And then there's other commitments, you know, other family members Mm -hmm. um, need you for certain things and all of that and your husband wants to spend time with you. So you stretch thin. Yeah, you're stretched really thin. And I think it's not an easy thing to prioritise self-care at all. I'm sure that's what happens and I don't think I have the the magic answer to that (laughs) except for, like I said, I guess I try and do it just in little chunks of things that spark joy through the day rather than unrealistically thinking I'm going to get an hour every now and then and just trying to take the little moments rather than hope for the big ones. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's nice. And it's something that Lucy and I talk about a lot as well, which is that idea of finding out what's important to you. Logically, we all have to acknowledge that if we don't look after ourselves, then no one else is going to do it for us. And ultimately, if we don't, we're not going to be in the best physical or mental state to look after anybody else. Yeah. So it's just difficult to make yourself do it. Yes. And my mum and my nana always tell me the same thing. which I always have in my head, which is, Taryn, be more pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) What they mean by that is don't appear so capable all the time and then people will start to, uh, (laughs) they mean my husband in particular, (laughs) will start to to have to take up some of the slack a bit more rather than nearby. I love that. In fact, that is clearly a mantra in their lives, but it might not be the main mantra in yours. So do you have a main mantra for your life? I don't know if I have... A main mantra, but I definitely do love the quote, turn your face to the sunshine and the shadows will fall behind you because I feel like it's it's a beautiful quote. I don't know where it's from, <laughs> but I feel like that's probably something that I live by is just trying to always stay as happy and positive as possible and realise that by doing that, it's creating opportunities for good things to happen and good things always do seem to happen to me I feel very lucky I love my job I love my son I love my family and stuff but a big part of that is luck and a big part of it is because 
I make that happen by my outlook um, and working really hard towards things. And that's probably as close to a mantra as I get. It's a lovely one too. It's nice to have a beautiful quote to have in your mind because I think it just on its own makes you think positively about the good things. All right. So if you were going to share one piece of advice to all these women like us who are doing this juggle of career and family, perhaps something to do with fitness, maybe, what would it be? I think it probably would be a summary of what I was saying before, just incorporating fitness into your weekly routine doesn't necessarily have to be spending a lot of money on on signing up at a gym or, or signing up for classes or anything. It can literally be just finding moments through the day to be active instead of be still. And by doing that, I know that you're inevitably um, improving your mental as well as physical health and you're setting a great example for your kids. So just finding your 30 in different in different little chunks of the day. <laughs> Keep <laughs> moving. Adding up all those little minutes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lesson I need to learn for myself. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Fabulous. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Joe's interview with Taryn. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it too. If you want to find out more about what it is that we do and listen to some of our past episodes or join our Facebook group, you can, which is called The Juggle Community, you can find all the links for that at our website, which is www.thejuggle.com.au. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.